And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The only place to read your emails and your tweets. It's Tuesday morning, June 22nd. This is another No Dunks podcast on the Athletic Network. I'm J.E. Skeets coming at you today with the homie, Tass Mellis. What's up, everybody? What's up? Got my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Hey! Hey! The international man of mystery. Taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. (laughs) And the man making the magic happen. It's J.D. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live here on YouTube for a beach stepping podcast in the morning. My God, what's going on? Please like, comment, and subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube if you haven't already. Keep your NBA and your non-NBA questions coming all week long. We're going to need them now with only one NBA playoff game on per night. So email them in, nodunks at theathletic.com. You can tweet them in too, at nodunksinc, or leave them in the YouTube comment section we got a great batch of cues today but before we get to those yesterday i asked twitter to send in their best and their worst ben simmons trades is there a difference (laughs) wow holy hell was i reminded just how much people love trade talk okay i got over a hundred replies many with like detailed hypothetical simmons trades In the span of 30 minutes, the internet had Ben Simmons traded to like 20 different teams. This was the amazing part. So I'm not going to go through all of them here before we hit the beach and read your questions, but I thought I'd give you guys a taste. So I picked seven of my favorites uh, involving seven (laughs) different teams, and then I got a crazy, crazy chaos one at the end, like a four-teamer that I got to chuck at you guys. But the question really at the core of all of this Simmons trade speculation is like, how much is he really worth at this point? Like, what's his trade value? And, and of course, where could he possibly land? I saw Sam Quinn at CBS Sports. He wrote, Simmons may be an all-NBA talent, but he's an extraordinarily high-maintenance one. I think that's spot on. After what just happened in the series he just had, rebuilding an entire infrastructure around his specific needs seems like more trouble than it's worth. Uh, again, that's Sam Quinn. That's a, that is exactly how I feel about Ben Simmons right now. But here they are, guys. I will take you through... Just seven that I picked. If this goes well, hey, maybe later this week I'll hit you with the other, you know, 13 teams that people have. Like, there's a lot of teams I'm not going to get to, but it's pretty wild. So, first one here, uh, I'll give a little love before we show you the most realistic. And I fired up the trade machine, machine, Lee, made sure these all sort of work, and I'll even present them to people here on the stream team because it's a little easier to sort Mm -hmm. of uh, digest them and then weigh in on them when you can see them. Mm -hmm. But Guy wrote in, we're starting with the Blazers because that's the most popular team that people have convinced themselves could work. Guy wrote Ben Simmons for CJ McCollum, Nasir Little in a first round pick. Josh said Ben Simmons and Tyrese Maxey 
for CJ McCollum. So you see the difference there. I think the most realistic Blazers Sixers trade for Simmons is Ben Simmons and George Hill for CJ McCollum and Robert Covington. Now, again, we've already talked about this one a little, Lily, the idea of a CJ for Ben. You were you were not as high on it as I feel like most people are. Has your has your opinion changed? Well, I, I just don't like it from the Blazers' point of view because uh, certainly it's a defensive upgrade, which they do need. But uh, it simply means that uh, either Simmons or Lillard is going to have the ball in his hands and the other guy is going to have to play off the ball. Now, I think Lillard could do that because he's a great shooter. But then when Lillard has the ball, I mean, sure, running some pick and rolls and stuff with him. But Simmons, until he can become a guy who can actually shoot and create his own shot and do that sort of stuff, I think otherwise it just puts even more of a workload on Lillard to sort of get him going. So... I, I just but why don't, don't we make Ben Simmons? Why don't we just pretend he's not a point guard or a guard? <laughs> like let's just make him a power forward or a center, and then maybe okay. you would have to move a Nurkic because you couldn't have two non-shooting yeah. guys out there. I okay, agree so with let's that, say but. let's say he is that. We still haven't seen any sort of game that Simmons can rely on in that post where it's like okay, he's got a little move here, he can do the jump hook consistently. Mm-hmm. He's done it at times, so. We're sort of assuming that if he goes to Portland, he's magically going to have some sort of game, whether it's in the post or whether it's, you know, off the ball. And I I just haven't seen that yet. So I think Lillard, while they certainly need some defensive upgrade, and if you're taking Covington off that team as well, who they kind of brought in for defensive purpose, wasn't wasn't great this season, no no doubt about it. But um, then I just think all you're doing is sort of moving the problem around. And it's like, okay, maybe we do have uh, a better perimeter defense, but then the workload on Lillard at the other end is like, he needed CJ. CJ can come in and take over the point. He can go and get buckets. He can go and get his own shot. And I think that's what Lillard needs as well. So I just, I, I look for, for Philadelphia, I like CJ coming over. I think that's great. But uh, for Portland, I'm not sure that's the right fit. And it is a very popular trade. Everyone's throwing it out there. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm certainly in the minority there. But I'm just like, I don't know how this unlocks, you know, something that we're not seeing from Portland right now. Offensively, they've been a good team. It's defensively, they they uh, they have some issues. Oh, well, that's why, in theory, people like it, though. It's like, hey, one of the best perimeter defenders in the game, put him on Portland, that makes sense. And then, hey, one of the, uh, you know, not quite an all-star yet or all-NBA level yet guy yet in CJ McCollum, but a scorer, a guy that can get you a bucket late. Sixers need that, pair with Embiid, that makes sense. I mean, Trey, anything to add to the Blazers-Sixers deal here? I think that's a good one, actually, Skeets, as long as you're able to do something uh, with Nurkic as well, because I think that that would be a problem, Nurkic and Simmons alongside each other. But the stream team seems to be saying this is a bad deal for both teams, which means this is probably a pretty fair trade. I actually think it makes a lot of sense. I would love to see Lillard and Simmons playing together. The Portland version of Steph Curry and Draymond Green, to be quite honest. Like, I'm not really worried about needing post-up touches for Ben Simmons. I would be getting him in the short roll and letting him make plays. We saw the Sixers win, what, 13 straight games with Ben Simmons as their best player playing a spread pick and roll? That's what you would have to do with that second team. It would probably be like Simons and Simmons. Pretty funny. Also, Norm <laughs> Powell out there. Uh, maybe Derek Jones Jr. gets a little bit of run, just running and gunning and shooting a bunch of threes, and you've upped your defense by adding Ben Simmons. Uh, to me, this seems actually like a pretty fair trade all around. I want Ben Simmons on the West Coast task. I have decided that. Or at least in the Western Conference. I just want him over there. For some reason, I have this weird feeling it's going to work better him on a Western Conference team. I do not know why. It's just stuck in my head. But any uh, any final thoughts on that one? Because we've got a ton here, of course. Well, yeah, he needs to revamp his game for sure. And I think Damian Lillard could do that for him. Because Damian Lillard is going to handle the ball a ton. But Ben Simmons 
needs space to move. I think we saw that. When it comes to the playoffs, you could just sag back on him. I mean, he became a 6'10 Rajon Rondo out there when he was handling the ball. So if Damian Lillard is running a pick and roll with Ben Simmons, you automatically have to draw two to Damian Lillard. So Ben Simmons can roll to the bucket and he can finish around guys. He's shown that if you get him a little bit of space, like on the fast break where he could still handle the ball beside Damian Lillard, I mean, he can finish. You just need to get him some room because if you just if he's just the point guard, if, if he is just a ball handler, then guys are just going to sag off him. In the regular season, it works. But when it comes to playoff time, you just need to get him some space. So I think Damian Lillard, yeah, would draw a lot of attention. I mean, we saw uh, you know, Furkan Korkmaz even run a, a pick and roll with him in Game 7 there. And Ben Simmons got a huge slamma-jamma from it because uh, the two went to the ball with Furkan Korkmaz. If he gets serious about rolling to the rim, he could be great, and then he could play make if if they try and shut him down because he is that good at it. Yeah, Nurk would get in the way in Portland a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, but they would find a way. I think. I think. Yeah, Ben. Ben definitely has to change who he is. And if you're just going to say he's the point guard again, uh, which which Doc kind of did. Doc did get him setting picks. Doc uh, did get him in the post a little bit, uh, but I, I, he was also still the point guard. And I think you got really just got to switch it up. So yeah, but if he's on the West Coast, I think. He, I, I think he needs a, a big change, and uh, Damian Lillard would be would be great with him. I think they would they would try and make it work, anyways, and the defense would be so much better. They're the 29th ranked defense. They got to do something drastic there. All right, our next team. This was a very popular team that people tweeted at me that they wanted to see work in a Ben Simmons trade. The Timberwolves. Okay, so I got a lot here, JD, before you go to the maybe most realistic one or the one I went with. But Will says Ben Simmons to the Wolves for D'Angelo Russell. All right, his reasoning. Sixers get a long-term ball handler and scoring option, and the Wolves get a much-needed defensive addition there. Anise said to make that happen, you got to add probably a top-four protected pick going to Philly. So them getting Ben Simmons would take like a D'Angelo Russell and let's say a protected pick. Bob, he said Simmons for Russell, Jake Lehman, and a pick. So similar thinking there with a lot of these people. B-ball Back in my Tatum. day, we didn't even have a three-point line. <laughs> That's right. B-Ball Tatum says, Simmons to the Wolves for Ricky Rubio, Malik Beasley, and a 2023 first-round pick. Uh, he, he broke it down. He's saying, like, the Wolves one of the rare teams that can stretch the floor at the five spot with, with Cat and, and Nas Reed even. You got Edwards, Cat, Russell. There are enough score-first guys where Beasley overlaps. Beasley, good score. Rubio, good facilitator. This one makes sense for the Wolves. That'd be a great trade, I think, for Minnesota. Uh, I still feel like Philly can get a little bit more than a Rubio and Beasley uh, and, and maybe a pick for Simmons. But I went with this one, J.D. You can throw it up. A Wolves-Sixers-Simmons trade. Ben Simmons and George Hill again for... D'Angelo Russell as the, uh, the the core piece coming back, and then Malik Beasley. Tass, you know what do you what do you think of this one I, from either side of it? I want more for Philly. Uh, you know, D'Angelo Russell has just been a question mark uh, a little bit in in his Minnesota days. Now, when he played with Carl Anthony Towns, things were great. Uh, they actually did win a lot of games, but he was injured a lot. Uh, as I look at this, as it covers my face here on YouTube, keep it up here because this is how I like to uh, <laughs> comprehend it. Yeah, it's difficult to just hear yeah, it. Deep. Um, well, you said you yeah. want more for Philly, but that, again, that's the, that's the core piece of all of this, right? It's, 
What are you getting for Ben Simmons? What yeah, type I of player I, is is it? McCollum, Russell, you know, someone better, someone worse. That's that's. I mean, McCall. Yeah, yeah. I think Ben Simmons. Uh, you know, as far as fans go, for sure, this is the lowest anyone has ever thought of Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's still super young, and CJ McCollum is a really good player in the NBA. He could have been an All Star before he got injured, and, and I know D'Angelo Russell was in the past uh, an All Star, but uh, I would I want want somebody who's. A little bit more of a current all-star <laughs> and okay. uh, CJ McCollum was shooting 11 threes a game last year before he got injured 26 points per game uh, that's uh, that would be a, a perfect Joel Embiid compliment so uh, you know that's uh, uh, yeah a perennial or uh, sorry a borderline all-star is what I think he can get for Ben Simmons so it's uh I think Daryl Morey's gonna have his pick of the litter like it's not just going to be people saying nope don't like Ben Simmons I mean I think I think people were are going to talk to Daryl. They're going to have some conversations, and he's going to find a way to pry a guy who's a borderline all-star. Okay, well, let's move to our next team then, because this is a borderline all-star guy. Though someone else suggested another all-star, and you'll hear it in a second here. The Pacers. All right, a lot of people say, well, Pacers got to sort of not blow it up, but like really make some decisions where they're going to go. And maybe Ben Simmons in the mix there could really help their chances to go into the next level. So Sammy said Ben Simmons and Isaiah Joe, who I forgot was an NBA player, uh, <laughs> to the Pacers for Malcolm Brogdon. There you go, Tass, sort of a borderline all-star guy, and Jeremy Lamb. Now MB said Simmons and George Hill for Brogdon and Sabonis. I was like, whoa, whoa. I think the Sixers would maybe do that in a, in a second. But he says Indy gets to reset. Simmons gets a fresh start. Forms a killer defense there with Miles Turner. And then an added bonus, we get to bring home Georgie. So MB, a big George Hill fan, wants to see him back there in Indiana. I, I think that's a little too much. Bring so I, back Georgie. Yeah, so I went with this one, Trey. You can, uh, you can weigh in on it. Ben Simmons for Brogdon and TJ Warren. Now, is that enough? Does that you know please Sixers fans? Is that too much? What the hell are the Pacers thinking? What's your gut say with this one that people are throwing out there? I love getting Malcolm Brogdon if I'm the Sixers, but I also feel like TJ Warren versus Tobias Harris is kind of like that. Hey, mom, do we have Tobias Harris? Yeah, we got Tobias Harris at home, and then you get home and it's TJ Warren. So I don't necessarily think the Pacers are going to, or uh, the Sixers are going to be doing this because right. the upgrade isn't quite there. I think they would want to get a little bit more for Ben Simmons, a guy who was a number one pick not too long ago. Um, and I don't know. I don't. I don't know. The Pacers aren't a team that really hits the reset button as well. That's the other thing. They like to stay competitive, which they would be with, I suppose it would be Sabonis and Ben Simmons would be kind of their leads. A couple of guys who can make plays right there. It makes sense because Indiana's got the contracts. I just don't, it's just not my favorite trade so far. Yeah. Lee rank them here for Philly from their side of things. McCollum, D'Angelo Russell and Brogdon as the, the main pieces coming back in a hypothetical Simmons trade. What does well, what does I mean, Lee Ellis uh, prefer? I, I think McCollum is the best player out of those. Um, you know, and I, and again, he he's a scorer. He can uh, he can take control of the ball, so he can run the offense. I think that is the best player you would target. And then mm-hmm. I think you'd probably go Brogdon. Um, D'Angelo may have a slightly higher ceiling in terms of scoring, but mm-hmm. it's just how long can he stay on the floor for? Is he's always injured? Um, defensively, Brogdon is significantly better than D'Angelo Russell. So. I think uh, I, I think that paces deal, JD. If you can just put that one back up for a second. <laughs> well, I, I don't, I don't. I see what you're saying, certainly with TJ Warren and, and Tobias Harris. But um, I think 
if they need you some are, shooting. They need scoring. Yeah, and and for the Pacers, you know, defensively, uh, you know, Brogdon's great. T.J. Warren's, you know, supposedly a defender as well. Um, you know, so you're getting, you're not lo- uh, losing defensively there. And Simmons, with the way that they like to play, you can spread the floor a little bit. That I, it, Simmons going downhill and finding guys to shoot is probably the best way he can succeed. You know, and uh, you know, Miles Turner likes to shoot the three. You probably don't want him falling in love with that, but. Uh, I don't mind that for uh, for what you're seeing there. I mean, um, George Hill doesn't catch a stray in this trade. He's just been lumped in with pretty much everyone <laughs> so true. far. Oh, he's got no value either. He was awful in the playoffs. So uh, he's obviously only in there to make the nah, salary. They match, love him but... in Indiana, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anything oh, bring Georgie yeah. back. <laughs> but, uh, you know, okay. I, I think of all the packages so far, I think that's that's probably probably not far off leading the way. I, I just think that the best player, though, is CJ Okay. If that was available for the uh, for the Sixers, anyway, I love Emb- Embiid and Brogdon on the same team. After the way it's that true. the Rookie of the Year vote yeah. went down, you know Embiid would have something to say about that. Oh, you're bringing the rookie- my Rookie of the Year trophy with you to Philly. Uh, it's that could be funny. All, All the right. three main parts of these trades: McCollum, Brogdon, and D'Angelo Russell do have trouble staying on the floor. Yeah, it's a bit of a problem if you're going to uh, connect them with Joel Embiid. Daryl might be looking for a guy who plays 82 games a season. Well, Maybe. then you won't like the uh, Porzingis deal here coming up next uh, that somebody <laughs> threw out. Uh, okay, let's go to the Mavericks. James Forever says Simmons to the Mavs for Porzingis and a 2023 first round pick. Okay. Gianni got really creative, went Ben Simmons to the Mavs in a three-way deal, which ultimately had DeRozan going to Philadelphia and Porzingis to the Spurs. And then again, Simmons to Dallas. I thought that was a, a fascinating three-way deal. But we're going to go with this one as the realistic. Again, I throw that in air quotes, guys. Uh, Maverick Sixers deal. Simmons and Seth Curry yeah, going back <laughs> to the Mavs for Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, you know, there's some, there's some contract work that would have to happen here. But Maxi Kleber and then a future first-round pick. I, I, I threw in a 2025 uh, first-round top five <laughs> nice protected protection, pick. Bud. So here's the reasoning from Ty. Shout out to Ty for sending this one in. Tim Hardaway Jr. and Maxi, they improve spacing for Embiid. Okay. Sixers get some cap flexibility, saving about $10 million in this deal. Mavs get Seth back and a true defensive stopper, of course, in Simmons. And they run 100 Luka Doncic, Ben Simmons, pick and rolls a game with Seth, KP, and then DFS, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, spacing the floor. That's his breakdown there, Trey, I want to go to you on. Would Luka and Ben Simmons hypothetically intrigue you and would that work like he's saying just run a million pick and roll sort of what you were saying with with i guess damon simmons uh with simmons in a sort of draymond green type of role is that right yeah ben simmons is an elite passer still and that's something that's easy to forget at this point because as we saw in the playoffs most of his passes were i'm dribbling the ball up to half court pass it off and i'll go hang out on the side ben simmons is obviously has great vision i don't know he says 90 percent of the guys in the league can't make the plays he does Putting him next to an elite playmaker in Doncic or Damian Lillard, obviously it's going to help Ben Simmons, but there's no way you can do this if Porzingis is on the court as well, because if that guy's getting upset that Luka Doncic has taken too many shots and now we're bringing in another number one draft pick, come on. Uh, that's a too much overturn right now for the Mavericks, I think, to be bringing in a distressed asset like Simmons. Yeah, but uh, Simmons doesn't shoot. At least KP will get all the all of his shots, too. Sure, I mean, sure. You think about it that way. Tim Hardaway Jr. is taking all his shots right now. He's the real the real star of that Knicks trade. Maybe that's what KP's really upset about. <laughs> did, did someone have Hardaway Jr. as a $28 million contract, like in a sign-and-trade 
I guess that would be. Is that he'd, is he'd that... have to be quite expensive? Yes. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I mean, he's going to get yeah. paid. I'm not that yeah. much. I don't think. Yeah, I, I think that may be a little more than he's going to get, but he's going to get something there. But uh, we would, in that trade, potentially have Tyrese Maxi and Maxi Kleber together running the, real, running the real yeah. do-da. <laughs> a do for a da. <laughs> uh, yeah, Lee, or sorry, Tass, <laughs> anything to add to any of those things I was throwing out there, like a Mav Sixers. I, I, I mean, either either the, a KP involved or more something like this. Let's go back to the do-da. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, from the Mavs perspective, of, of course, it sort of it makes sense. I mean, Simmons and four shooters, I mean, that's, that is yep. the dream, yeah. right? Uh, but, you know, at the same time, putting the onus on Luka to handle the ball, I think, yeah, makes Ben, uh, forces him to figure things out as opposed to just being a ball handler, to do more, to do something else. Uh, so that's great. But why would Philly do that deal? I, yeah. I, I, that's yeah. my question. I mean, Simmons... Again, he's got trade value in my eyes. Or you just keep him and and get him get him playing better. I mean, he is right. a, he is. A, we're talking about guys who miss time if if they're trading for McCollum or D'Angelo Russell for Malcolm Brogdon. Simmons is only going to be twenty five in a month. Uh, he is uh, a pretty resilient player. Uh, he, I, I would I would just stick him stick with it. <laughs> I know it sounds a little nuts, but I, I would rather stick with it than. Uh, trade down. It seems like trading down for uh, a Tim Hardaway who's 29, uh, and that would yeah. be your main guy. Yeah, I would, I would, uh, I would go with the Doc Rivers plan. Doc Rivers says we know what we're doing with him this summer. He's going to be training to shoot. Well, I don't know if I believe that. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, wow. but uh, yeah. I think that's a good idea. I think he should work on it this summer. <laughs> okay, well then this is not trading down. I don't think Tass. So maybe. Maybe this will uh, pique your interest, though it involves our favorite team. Alejandro. This is the most realistic one, J.D. You can throw it up. He says, Ben Simmons to the Raptors for Pascal Siakam. Boom. One for one. (laughs) Boom. There you go. He says, it just makes sense on so many levels. As a Raps fan, I love Pascal. But unite the bigs from Cameroon and give the Raps the deadliest defense. <laughs> All right, Tass. Uh, you know, I, I, again, I think this is. You're saying from the Sixer side of things, a lot of these deals is them sort of like getting the worst player. I mean, you you have a high opinion, I, I believe, of Ben Simmons more than some people right now. But Siakam, uh, you know, All NBA two years ago. What do you think of that deal? If would you do it from either side? Stupid, insane. What's your take? Mm, I'm high on both these guys. I love me some Pascal uh, as a defensive guy. Their defense would still be good in Philly. What would the Raptors be? It'd be Ben Simmons and Freddie in the backcourt. Yep. Wow. Uh, Defensive with juggernaut with OG there. Oh my God. Gary. OG and Gary Trent. Yeah. I don't know. That's, uh, yeah. It's a good defense. It's a very it's good. Be, oh, we're it's only defending. even like we're only like even pretending this is a, a, a possibility because of Siakam's obviously garbage year that he had, uh, especially. You know, bubble, bubble, and then Tampa. Uh, Siakam. He he doesn't play great in the states. It turns out, uh, and that's why we're like, there's no like, I don't know. Two years ago, there's no chance in hell. We're even like, are you kidding me? Nah. And that's when Simmons' value was even higher, Lily. Mm. Uh, but now maybe uh, I don't, I don't know. What do you think, Lee? Um, I don't mind it. I don't. I mean, it was Pascal just awful this season, or was this? Was he just super good for like two seasons there? I mean, we're going to find out this coming season. I, I think the offense, offensive advantage he has, I think he's capable of being, you know, a high twenty-five point per game man. But he wasn't that this year. He really struggled. 
He couldn't uh, hit a three. That was the thing. No, so no, I want to no. know, like, which Siakam is it? The yeah, guy I'm that can actually hit a consistent he, three or, or he actually yeah. doesn't? I'm just yeah. trying to think how he would pair there with uh, Embiid. And I think it, it probably would be okay. I, I think they could work with each other well. They wouldn't get in each other's way because Pascal's not necessarily a post-up guy. He's more of a mid-range and a, and a, and a longer-range type of guy. So I don't think there'd be too much overlap there. Um, and who would be the point guard there for Philadelphia? It, I mean, Doc Rivers, probably. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, a, lot want, a lot of people want to see Lowry, of course, go to Philadelphia. Yeah, go home. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. And that makes a ton of sense in, just, yeah. in terms yeah. of having a point guard to run stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just, I think, you know, scoring for the Raptors in that situation, you know, Fred can play off the ball a little bit, but I'm not sure that's what um, Masai Jiri has in mind. I think maybe Fred's going to be the starting point guard this season. I, I'm assuming that. Um, and then uh, OG out there. Okay, Gary Trent. Yeah, I mean, again, it's all about what Simmons can do when he's off the ball and not just, okay, you can run the pick and roll at times, but he has to do other things as well. He has to be valuable on the offense and not just be a team playing four versus five. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of like their, their defense and rebounding and getting out in transition, which they like to do, that's that's where Simmons can thrive uh, if you've got the right players around him and shooters around him. So I'm sort of intrigued by this one. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Yeah, um, the weird part to me, though, is uh, Masai Ujiri and his involvement with the Giants of Africa and all that. He's going to help the Sixers out with, uh, you know, their their incredible African front yeah. court. And it, no, it's going to yeah. happen in Toronto if Masai Ujiri is there. Uh, yeah, okay. So Embiid to the Raptors. <laughs> sure, then, uh, sure, for, uh, sure. Yeah. For, that's that one, but um, you yeah, know, it, it's 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 funny because it feels like we haven't seen Pascal now for like months. You know, it's just like that's how quickly like their season was bad and it tailed off at the end there. But I, I, you know, I, I think he is closer to the All NBA player that we saw rather than what we saw this season. He just he just couldn't get it going this season, and and a lot of the Raptors couldn't either. So uh, I'm intrigued by that one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, right. one on the it, the Raptors should do this trade if really? uh, if they you got so? a chance to get Simmons for Siakam. Absolutely, they should wow. do this trade because Siakam at best gets back to where he was before. Ben Simmons, if he gets back to where he was before, that's also an All NBA player with a little bit more ceiling there. The defense would be very solid, and I think the fit is nice next to Fred VanVleet. He's been playing with the ball in his hands mm-hmm. and the ball not in his hands for his entire career, so I think he would fit along nicely with Ben Simmons. And you're taking a chance that. Uh, you know, a bad team in the Raptors, 20 games under 500, they got a chance to actually improve here by getting a, a buy low player. I think this is a great deal for the Raptors. All right, I got a couple more for you. One involving Trey's team, but first, we sent them to a lot of good teams when I think about it. I guess the Wolves are not a great team, but let's send them to a bad team here again. Cleveland Cavaliers. So Victor said Ben Simmons to the Cavs for Kevin Love, and then a bunch of picks. This first round pick. 2021, future second round picks, all these picks. He says the Cavs get their power forward. Yes, that's where Ben should be playing. And the Sixers get picks to make a move for a real second star, plus a good vet there in Kevin Love that you can maybe rehab like a Blake Griffin, okay? Zia, though, comes with the maybe more realistic one. I don't know if it's more realistic, but it involves another player that's intriguing to me. Ben Simmons to the Cavs, JD, for Kevin Love and Colin Sexton. Yes, the sex man breaking up the sex land backcourt, <laughs> sort of going all in with Darius Garland as your uh, star backcourt player, and then bringing Simmons in, maybe playing the power forward, and the Sixers getting Love and Sexton. Uh, let's start with you, Tass. Thoughts on this Cavs-Sixers deal? I don't do it if I'm the 76ers. I, I, we see a lot of guys who are coming back to the Sixers as question marks, 
question marks in the backcourt. Are they going to be good players uh, in the NBA? And Colin Sexton, he may figure it out, but he also had uh, you know some issues holding on to the ball a lot and getting into it with Kevin Love, and I could see that happening with Joel Embiid. Uh, I just I think. Daryl Morey holds out for more of a sure shot. And I love me uh, some Kevin Love, but I-, I think we have seen his best days. I don't think I'm crazy saying that. I don't think they're trying to rehab anybody. I think they want a sure thing. And Kevin Love, uh, it's 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 kind of like Al Horford, like they tried that out. It, that didn't work out. Kevin Love is moving on in his career to his chosen family wines days with uh, Channing Fry now. I mean, he's in another phase. Uh, I don't do that if I'm the Sixers. I just, I want a sure thing. Pascal Siakam is probably the closest to a sure thing uh, that we've seen the last couple trades. I guess CJ McCollum is a sure thing. But uh, I, I, I don't do this. I don't Colin do Sexton Tass, I mean, you might just think he's putting up good numbers on a bad team. But he had an incredible third year. He averaged 24 points per game. Shooting 47% from the floor, 37% from three. Um, you know, yeah, he's not a playmaker by any means, but... Uh, his numbers yeah, were exactly the same. His numbers were exactly the same the year before. I mean, his points went up. Oh. Percentages were were virtually the same. And the Cavs were poopy. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. they were... They were, uh, they were good for a bit. Um, but I just... I don't, I don't see that. It just doesn't jive, I don't think, okay. with, with Joel Embiid. Okay, Trey, thoughts on this one? Uh, a love and Sexton. I mean, what a that'd be a great trade just for the headline, right? <laughs> Sex love, like trust going me, back. it's yeah. tough to turn down love and sex schemes. Yeah, but I'm yeah. with <laughs> 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 I'm with Tass here. Uh, you got Tyrese Maxey waiting in the wings to be mm-hmm. the next Sixer ball handler. So why put him on the back burner to bring in Colin Sexton, who, like Tass is saying, he did have a better season this year. And to me, it was mostly just because he shot a lot more because uh, the percentages are about the same. So okay. I don't know. I mean, some teams should obviously take a chance on Kevin Love at this point, too. We saw Blake Griffin in the playoffs looking like uh, the Blake Griffin of, I guess, his first year in Detroit is probably what you would say. But once Kevin Love's put into a winning situation, he's going to be better than he was in Cleveland at the end there. But I think that the Sixers would want a little bit more. Okay. Lee, anything to add to that one? Not a fan? Uh, I, I mean, I don't mind Sexton as uh, coming in as a replacement point guard there for him. But Kevin Love, is uh, he's, you've got to really talk yourself into thinking he's got something significant left in the tank because he's, he's kind of just given up the last year or two. Um, and, you know, but can't you look sh- at Blake Griffin as a pretty good example yeah, no, of like, you can. well, hey, put and him on like a decent team. He might try a hell of a lot. That's harder. what I'm saying is you've yeah. got to sort of talk yourself into believing yeah. he can be that because uh, he hasn't really shown it. He's, sh- he's shown it like, you know what, I'm in Cleveland. Who cares right now? That's what he's shown to me. So uh, potentially he could. I mean, he's great for spreading the floor. He's another big guy, but uh, uh, not sure. Not sure if that's uh, the right thing for the six. I think there's plenty more out there than that for, the, for Ben Simmons. All right. My final team here that we'll do today on the beach though i do have that chaos trade the four team insanity uh the chicago bulls trey um you got your bulls gear on fingers crossed for your uh, draft lottery tonight same with the raps david said this one trey ben simmons to the bulls for patrick williams yeah the florist and kobe white some young <laughs> talent there so david's reasoning the bulls could talk themselves into a big three he threw in air quotes with simmons joining levine and vooch philly gets a couple young pieces in return okay that's, that's, you know, some really good young talent there, I think, going back. Maybe a little too much with Ben Simmons' trade value right now. But Hollinger had maybe the more realistic one, I think. Ben Simmons to the Bulls for Zach Levine, okay, and Al Farouk Aminu. And, and 
and, and there is some reasoning here with like why you would be moving off of Zach Levine. It's it's contract reasons and maybe the payday he'll be uh, coming up on. But what do you think, TK, as the as the Bulls fan of the group? Would would you consider like basically a Ben Simmons for Zach Levine trade at this point? Uh, I would not do Levine for Simmons. I would do Patrick Williams and Kobe White, however. Oh, interesting. Um, But I mean, I don't know. We just, we're in the midst of a playoffs right now where it's becoming super apparent, as it has been for the past five seasons, that you need a guard who's going to shoot the ball from outside. You need somebody who can make plays, whether it be in the mid-range, whether it be at the rim or from three-point. You need somebody who can just get a bucket at the end of it. Zach Levine is in his prime right now, and he's a super scorer. Offense beats defense in my book, but I would love to see Simmons alongside Levine. I think that's a perfect match, but giving up Levine right now, even though he's going to get a little bit more expensive, I don't love it, and I don't necessarily know that I would love pushing Vucevic out of the interior so that Ben Simmons could be there. You're getting into a Philadelphia situation again, except for you don't have Embiid's lockdown defense. So it's a no for me on Levine for Simmons. But if you want to trade those couple of young guys, I'm down with that. I think the Sixers would do it in a heartbeat. Uh, my gut says yeah. if Levine is coming back for Ben Simmons, like uh, you know, that's a that's a high quality go get a bucket late in the game uh, player in him. But yeah, from the Bulls side of things, I hear you. I'll just wrap this up, guys, with that chaos trade. So does that mean Zach Levine is the best player who could be traded? For I mean, Ben Simmons here? See, it's, it's, all these guys are really close in my mind. Like, I think maybe Levine is, but Siakam there, CJ, D'Angelo Russell's a little lower, Sexton's a little lower. Only one 2021 All-Star so far yeah, that you've named. Yeah. Well, how about this chaos trade from at Tory MacDaddy? We had to share it. Four teams involved, Sixers, Pelicans, Celtics, Mavs, okay? Sixers end up with Luka and Steven Adams. The Pelicans end up with Ben Simmons. The Celtics end up with Porzingis and Zion Williamson. And my favorite part is the Mavericks end up with Al Horford. (laughs) And and Joe Johnson, George Hill, and Mike Scott. Uh, Mm. But they're literally getting four guys named Al Joe, sorry, James, James. George, and Mike. Uh, just, I mean, we don't need to weigh in on this, but I did ask for good and bad Ben Simmons trades, and this one is pure insanity with the Sixers getting Luka and blah, blah, you know, Zion going to the Boston. Nuts, Tass, nuts. JJ Redick going to the Pelicans with the two guys he said should switch hands, should shoot with the other hand. <laughs> with Tristan Thompson and Ben Simmons, who he says should shoot the other way. He says Ben Simmons is a right-handed guy. He does everything with his right, including shoot inside, as Kevin O'Connor has said forever. He does shoot a yeah. lot with his right hand. Will he ever do it? And he said the same about Tristan Thompson. He eats shrimp with his right hand. He, he likes seafood. That's why I said that okay. about shrimp. <laughs> FYI. He loved, he loved the shrimp growing up in Toronto. Nice beaches. Nice shrimp in Toronto. Um, we'll call it there with the Ben Simmons hypothetical trades. Uh, you know, we could do a whole lot more teams. Spurs were a favorite. Lakers. I mean, if you guys enjoyed this segment enough, let us know on Twitter. Let us know in the YouTube comments and in the stream team. And maybe uh, we'll compile some more and do it as the week goes on here, sort of in our in our second blocks after game talk. But otherwise, we can just leave it there. Everybody's got a Ben Simmons trade. Uh, and thanks to everybody that tweeted at me uh, some of those hypotheticals. It was fun to at least go through them and see if they worked and all that. But let's get to the beach. But before we do that, quick break to hear from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. I got to get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute. But man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of No Dunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. Yeah, join us tonight. The No Dunks Lottery Watch Party. We're, we're getting the Bulls or Raptors winning this thing tonight. I mean, you can just lock it in because we're going to be watching it live. It's going to happen, TK. I know it. You know I'm popping my shirt off come uh, bourbon time there, yeah? Skeetsy. Going topless for top four. Trying Smart. not to be greedy here. It'd be great if the Bulls get the number one pick, but I would even be more happy if the Raptors get the number one pick, you get that next Bargnani and the Bulls don't lose their pick <laughs> wow. to the Magic. All I care about after blowing a chance to go to the play-in tournament, the hollowed play-in tournament, is that the Bulls somehow keep a top four. So we shall yeah. see. Topless for top four. Hopefully it warms up a little bit around here. It's chilly in the house right now, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Some pokey brownies coming up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So join us tonight. Uh, what did we say around 8 o'clock? We'll uh, fire that up because I think it gets underway. Is it 8.30? Is that, is that what they're saying, Tass? I, yeah, I never know. what. It, yeah. But are we yeah. sure? Because then they do yeah. a weird like. They like, introduce pre-game. everyone who's there. Oh, it's, yeah. Uh, it's virtual this year. Maybe it's changed. It's actually 8.30 p.m. apparently. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we said. Yeah. That's yeah, but they they say eight thirty, and then they make the announcement at like eight fifty nine. Yeah, exactly yeah, right. Yeah. Is that you actually hear who's getting that number that's one? That's fine. Spot. That's fine. We'll we'll start it up around eight o'clock. Start hanging out. Start you know having some Jim Beam together, and then uh, then we'll have this uh, the lottery balls dropping. Hopefully for the Raptors or Bulls way. So join us tonight live here on YouTube. Okay, we are on the beach. I know I really derailed us there with those Ben Simmons trades, but let's get to some questions, Tass. Yeah, first one. You guys asked before the playoffs started, who is this year's Tyler Hero going to be? And so who do you think it has been so far? That's from Dylan Green on Twitter. This year's Tyler Hero, Trey. Well, we don't have the perfect Tyler Hero Mm. this year. A rookie who is a breakout star. So you kind of got to separate it here. The breakout star in their first playoffs, it's between Trey Young and Devin Booker. I think Trey Young probably a tiny bit more of a surprise. He didn't make the All-Star game this year. 
Obviously, Devin Booker made it, but as a replacement, still pretty weird that neither of these guys were chosen, and they've led their teams to the conference finals. Uh, at least uh, Devin Booker got some all-NBA love. You know, yeah. it was going to be down between him and Chris Paul. It ended up being Chris Paul, but I think Devin Booker's got a little bit more of a rep going into the playoffs. So I got, I got Trey Young as the breakout star of these playoffs so far. Agree or disagree? Yeah, it's very different, like you said, from a Tyler Hero breakout performance as a rook. Um, but that's that's spot on. Those guys have definitely like, you know, up their popularity with people. Trey Young, especially, I think, has like gained a lot yeah. of fans lately with what he did in Madison Square Garden, and then continuing to do in the next round against the Sixers, and and who knows what happens against the Bucks, and just like he's a showman, and he's doing push-ups out there, and he's shushing the crowd and hitting, of course, yeah. big shot. Like he he has gained a lot of fans, I, I do think. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but, but very different again from a Tyler hero hmm. performance in the bubble. Um, but I like it. I like your thinking there, TK. What do you think? Lee? Yeah, I know. It, uh, Trey Young's been incredible because he loves playing the villain on the road. He loves it. He loves doing the little too small to the guy who's five inches bigger than him as well, which I love. <laughs> I think that's great. Um, and he stays composed and, and, you know, like after he hits a shot in Philadelphia there, he's pointing to the ground where he hit it from and all that. So he, he's got all, he's got the whole bag, you know, the play, the uh, theatrics and, uh, you know, really playing up to the crowd. But the guy who, after the first round, was really going all Tyler Hero was Bryn Forbes for Milwaukee. You okay. know, he outscored right. Jimmy right. Butler yeah. in that first round, but uh, not so much in the second round. He hasn't really been able to... He's still been firing away, uh, just hasn't been able to connect like he did. He's only 29% in that second round from downtown. He was 40% in that first round. So uh, we'll see what Bryn Forbes has in store for us now in the conference finals because, you know... Budenholzer needs a guy like that to just come out and give them a spark. But as he sort of play declined, his minutes declined as well. So he lost a little bit of that trust. But remember in that uh, game two, I think it was, where he hit like uh, five threes uh, in a quarter there for Milwaukee. He really had it going. So um, he's, uh, you know, he's got the ability to do it, but uh, hasn't been able to produce it in both series so far. Yeah, stream team throwing out some names that are a possibility. I guess like a Terrence Mann with that monster game six performance. Uh you know, even a uh, Lee. Do you want to say his name? The guy they're, who plays for the Hawks. They're begging for it, man. Yeah, they're go ahead. Begging for it. Yes, uh, a possibility. I actually think along the Tyler Hero line, maybe DeAndre Ayton. A little bit, like the guy. He's upped his numbers from from the regular season a little bit. He's shooting like seventy two percent from the floor. He's like outplayed at times, like mvp like guys uh, all nba like guys in ad in, in round one like or at least held his own at times so uh it's a bit of a stretch but ayton's been amazing and he's like he's only averaging like 15 like only i say but averaging like 15 and 10 in the playoffs though like what did hero end up averaging in the bubble i know he had some 16. monster ass games but yeah okay 16. okay okay but but the reason you can't find uh, a real match is that what tyler hero did is really, really rare. I mean, that's for a rook, he started coming off the bench and he was playing like 33 minutes a game mm-hmm. in the playoffs. That's a freaking ton. Like, Eric Spolstra found a guy who just came out firing and yeah, he averaged 16, 5, and 4 uh, in his rookie season. That's just to go from, uh, yeah, you know, low numbers to go from 12 to 16 like that and to play that much, it just doesn't happen. Like, yeah, Terrence Mann or Kevin Herter that comes with these these one game little shows yeah sure i mean kevin Hurd did a few more times but terrence Mann, like yeah. a 39 point game he's averaging seven points per game yeah. in the postseason yeah. i was yeah just i do think flash. the 
Huerta and uh, Terrence Mann. We had an Austin Rivers game. We had yep. a Shake Milton game. I think that's a little bit different, like you're saying, Tass, than Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero is definitely more along the lines of DeAndre Ayton, where it's like you see them perform in the playoffs, and you're like, wow, this guy's going to be an important piece of this team now and going forward in the future. Yeah. Uh, so that's the little bit of a differentiation for me. The other question that you could look at this is, who's been the best rookie in the playoffs? And I think we saw them both um, in the Sixers versus Hawks series. It's got to be Anyeka Okongwu or Tyrese Maxey. Yeah. Um, Okongwu, probably a smaller impact, uh, but he's doing it more consistently, whereas Tyrese Maxey basically won the Sixers a game at one point, you know, and uh, had looked like he was going to be... Like, should he be starting over Ben Simmons? That became, it became a little bit easier maybe to want to trade Ben Simmons, having seen what Tyrese Maxey did in the playoffs, but getting necessarily to Tyler Hero's level, they weren't doing it every single night, but I love what I've saw seen specifically from a Kongwu, man. Like, that guy looks like he's going to be ready to start in about a year. Yeah, he does look good. The stream team is throwing out Reggie Jackson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who has not like, a bad one really come on and consistently been putting up point that's that's a really good one of course not a rookie but yeah in terms of just like opening some eyes and being like damn is reggie jackson actually good yeah because <laughs> uh, we thought maybe he wasn't uh, that's a good call stream team next question here actually involves terrence Mann. bonjour no dunks terrence was the man haha in game six of the western conference semis but it seems like not too long ago he was still an end of the bench player someone whose name would trigger a high-pitched who on the show who do you think can be the next guy to go from who status to contributing on a winning team could it be your fellow canadian o'shea brissette who has shown promise at the end of the season wow Nice deep pull there. Uh, turnip, catnip, parsnip. That's from Shank the Tank in New Caledonia. <laughs> so, Tass, a guy that's like, you're like, who the heck is this guy to contributing on a winning team? That's a tough question, but who would you peg here? Yeah, it's definitely tough because you got to go deep. No one yeah. expected Terrence Mann to come out with a 39-point blender there. That was a great game. It was phenomenal to watch him do that. And, and I... I assume he is going to be a part of, of the Clippers' future. I, I don't think it's just a flash in the pan. Right. Uh, I'll stay uh, in Canada. O'Shea Brissett with that suggestion there. I'm going to go with Nikhil Alexander-Walker of the New Orleans Pelicans. Now, you may say okay. nah. You may say nah. Some people may say nah because those are his initials. Nah. But uh, I believe in him. And I also believe that the Pelicans uh, may be moving on from Lonzo Ball. So if you think Lonzo Ball is going to stick around, who does make sense in theory around uh, Zion Williamson. I'm not so sure that David Griffin believes in that. Theories don't win basketball games. They didn't win basketball games this season. And uh, I I think David Griffin looks at even the Ben Simmons scenario and says, you know what, I don't know if we're just going to hitch our our cart to to Lonzo Ball with with Zion Williamson. So let's take a chance on this Nikhil Alexander-Walker kid who's, Mm. yeah, second year out of Virginia Tech. He's still got time under his uh, first contract. Uh, So I I got some hopes there. And I think uh, probably a a non-sexier pick is D'Anthony Melton of the Memphis Grizzlies uh, because I just I just see him as a guy who could contribute, like even in a campaign role uh, on this Grizzlies team that has so many guys that you could probably pick. You know, you could pick Grayson Allen. You could pick Tyus Jones. There's there's a bunch of guys who are just good on that team. Uh, he shot 41% from three last year. Uh, so I think the Grizzlies just looking at a team that should be in the postseason next year because they got a John Morant leading them. They got 
guys up and down the roster who will be contributing. You look at teams right now, Phoenix, uh, the Clippers, guys who are contributing from 1 through 10, 11, mm-hmm. 12, and good Grizzlies Grizzlies have that template going for them. They could be a team next year that people are saying, whoa, this team is in the second round. Small markets all over the place in uh, the NBA happening right now, as we can see with the, you know, the Bucks. Yeah, the Hawks, pretty big market, but yeah, Suns and teams that you don't necessarily expect to be there. So uh, yeah, I, I, I've got faith in the Grizzlies to be there. Some people in the stream team uh, asking if Nikhil Alexander-Walker is uh, Shea's cousin. The he answer is, is yes. yes. And uh, I'm not proud to say it took me a while to realize there are two names involve one part of the same name, mm. <laughs> hence the cousin part. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> took me a little longer, again, uh, than I'd like to admit. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Shea Gilgis, Alexander. Um, yeah, there's the tie. But yeah, going to be uh, hopefully leading... Uh, Canada to the Olympics here coming up uh, quite soon. I know uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, of course, is playing. Shea is not because of injury. But, Trey, back to the question there. That uh, guy that's like, uh, who is that guy contributing? Do you want to try and predict somebody? Uh, do I have to pick a Canadian, or is this just <laughs> no. the ultimate what about this guy conversation? You can go wherever you want. I can pick any any player. Okay, Patrick Williams. He was a second team all rookie this year. The Bulls will be in the playoffs next year, and he's going to shoot more than seven times in a game. Um, but, I mean, if O'Shea Brissett is the suggestion here, you can literally just pick anybody. So, okay, I will pick an Orlando Magic. Okay. And I will scroll down. They got a Canadian. Cole Anthony. Oh. Okay. Cole Anthony, that's a good one. He's going to hit a game winner in the playoffs at some point. Mark it down. Lily, got an answer? Well, I continue to be intrigued by Anthony Simons out in uh, Portland. Uh, he had that big game against the Bla- uh, the Pacers where he hit the nine consecutive threes. And his numbers did actually take a tiny drip dip down this season, but his three-point percentage went up. He was shooting 43% from downtown. So he's definitely got that ability to shoot the three and spread the floor and give the Blazers something. But he has to obviously work on his consistency and what else he brings to the team. Can he in any way be a playmaker? Can he defend? Can he be a 3 and D guy? Because right now, uh, for a guy who can shoot it at that well, and he's shooting over four a game, you want him out on the court. That's what, you know, someone like Lillard would need out there is a guy who can, you can rely on to space the floor and knock down those threes. Uh, Just having troubles, though, sort of just being consistent in whatever role he has. He has started in the past, uh, you know, hasn't been able to maintain that position. The Blazers do seem, or they certainly used to be high on him, uh, but I wonder if now, three seasons in, they're starting to wonder if, uh, you know, he can reach that potential that he's flashed at times. So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see. If, you know, come, can take a while for guys, especially on a team like that where it's T- CJ and Dame who do all the scoring and you just have to uh, live with the scraps. But he's shown that um, there is some potential there. It just needs sure. to be unlocked and maybe a new coach can find the right position and right role for him because, uh, as I say, someone shooting 43%, you want those guys out on the court. And, uh, you know, he's got to find a way to stay out there and stick. I think his uh, confidence will skyrocket after having the greatest top shot moment uh, in existence right now, too, with the the wedgie moment. And uh, people uh, buying up the floor and people stacking those moments. Like, that's got to feel good as a player, right, DK? Like, it's only going to help him moving forward. Put Anthony Simons is going to have 20 points per game because of this moment now. I mean, I think the worry is that he peaked this season, winning the dunk contest and having the Oof. first wedgie moment. Yeah, but boy. I don't know. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm pro Simons as well. I think he should get more time, but it seems like they've got a lot of obstacles in his way. We've got CJ McCollum there right now. Norm Powell's ahead of him in the pecking order, and he seems like he's going to be coming back to Portland as well. 
They might bring in Ben Simmons, who would be another player kind of in that spot ahead of Simons. But he's certainly a talented guy, and he's definitely got a shake Milton game in him at some point, I think. Yeah. And then you wonder if there is a trade talk going on between uh, the Blazers and the Sixers. If Daryl Morey is like, no, we, we, we need Simons included in this deal, right? Like you take a, you're trying to get like a, a young prospect thrown in there to, to make sure. it happen. Hey, we're giving you Ben Simmons and all this. Uh, we'll, we'll see. All right. Next question, Tess. What up, no dinkers? When I heard that you had new Apple podcast exclusives, I have to admit, my initial reaction was torn. For the first second, I thought, what? Me, a loyal athletic subscriber, wouldn't have access to all of my favorite podcast content? But then, half a second later, I transitioned to thinking, good for them, get that money. It reminded me of another time I had a similar thought process, when Fred Van Vliet free agency rumors said that the Knicks may offer him 30 per year. I thought, I'd hate to see him leave the Raptors, but damn... I'd be happy if he got that bag. So question, NBA or otherwise? Otherwise. Man, my W's aren't, aren't with me today. When have you ever been happy <laughs> to see someone succeed, even if it negatively affected you in some small way? Sincerely, currently looking up how to Apple podcast your friend, Adam R. Boyd. Lee, what do you got? Well, yeah, you guys know my friend Old Aitos. Uh, he and his, uh, his brother yes, Daniel, uh, Dan, is actually uh, my age. We were in the same year of school. Uh, Aitos a couple of years uh, below us. But uh, Dan and I were good, good close friends, always hanging out and doing stuff. And we used to play basketball in the driveway. But Dan actually didn't start playing sort of organized basketball until a little bit later. Like, I guess he was, uh, I don't know, 12 or 13. Uh, and I'd been playing for a few years already. So I always just thought I was better than him. Um, and uh, then he started playing and then we were on the same team and then we were also on the same men's team. And Dan was uh, surprisingly a really good shooter from the start. Like with someone who hadn't played before, he picked up shooting quite well. But between us, I held the highest score in a game at 35 and I'm oh, like, wow. you know, he, he's never, he's never going to beat me in that. And anyway, then uh, something happened when we're in the men's, men's divisions <laughs> and I moved to a different night and he stayed the same. And as soon as I left... Dan just exploded. He yeah, took you off. were holding him back. You were <laughs> taking all the shots. <laughs> he broke my scoring record almost immediately, and my brother was actually <laughs> playing with him that night, and I was so seething when my brother came home and said, Dan had 38 tonight, and I was like, what? <laughs> but, but seething, but also like, oh, my God, that's awesome, but don't beat my record. 34 would have been enough, you know? Like, don't get 38. Anyway, he went on this incredible scoring tear. He won the league MVP. They oh, won wow. the championship that season. And uh, But one of the games, I decided to go up because it was on a different night, and I'd be the scorer for them because I wanted to see him uh, perform. He put up 54 points. <laughs> 54 points. Oh, you mean you were literally the scorekeeper. You were yeah, like, so, so oh. so I was one. Every single oh, basket wow. down. So every single yeah. basket down there. But and and I think he had 24 in the first half, and I thought, oh God, he's gonna he's gonna drop 40 here. And then as it went through, he just kept going and going and going. And I was like, it's like it's it's karma that I'm the one who has to yeah. write down every single point here. And uh, he went on to have 54 points in the game. And uh, so, you know, he's obviously going to keep that record forever. Uh, and it was, you know, it was great to see your friend thrive. But it was also like, man, how can I ever talk trash to him anymore? Like, he's got all sorts of records, all sorts of accolades that I never got. So uh, really happy for him. But also, like, can't believe I, it, it was like, you know, the master got trumped by the uh, student in the end. Because... Before he started playing, I remember we did some drills and stuff in the driveway. I wanted him to be good, practice dribbling <laughs> his left dribbles. hand and all that. 
And he what was the like, hell is going on in Sunbury? <laughs> oh, man. So uh, shout out to Dan. Yeah, drop the big 50. And in cricket, right, in cricket, when you make 50 runs, you raise your bat as a like yeah. uh, acknowledgement of the crowd. You get the, the cheers. And the, when he got the 50 points, it was at the free throw line. He walked down the court raising his hand like that. So uh, <laughs> Classic uh, Dan. A little in-joke for the cricket fans out there. They'll That's understand good, what I mean. But, 50's uh, no joke. I can't imagine yeah. you're playing 48-minute uh, uh, games here either. 40 minutes, yeah. 40 minutes yeah. with a running clock Damn. though too. Um, but also in uh, one men's game that I didn't play, this is probably, well, probably over 10 years ago. Now, apparently Dan in one game had 10 threes in the first half of a game. <laughs> Went zero for in the second half though. <laughs> Finished with like 30 points for the wow. game. <laughs> Streaky, was he? <laughs> a little streaky, yeah, a little uh, streaky. We, so this one, Dan, Dan's brother was old, Ado, old Atos? Yeah, 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 oh. that's his brother. And does yeah, Dan have yeah. 10 toes? Yes, he has the full complement of nice. toes, yes, yes. Uh, but I played with Dan actually when I was back in Australia two years ago in a game, and he got hot again, and we ran the same <laughs> oh, play, Dan. just like, oh, Dan, man. get to the corner. I fed him three times in a row, we hit threes. We we're back in it, and then I think he finished the game missing eight consecutive. So uh, you know, look, there's a <laughs> a little streaky at times, no question about it. But uh, when he's hot, man, he is hot. <laughs> Way to go, Dan! Yeah, uh, I, Dan. I was into that. You know, yeah, you, you lost me at the beginning, but I came around. I'm like, all right, Dan. I was man. definitely thinking what uh, Deso Palancia was thinking. Dan Sanity. <laughs> <laughs> definitely felt like that for sure. Would you trade that Dan for Ben Simmons, Lee, or is Dan untouchable out there? Wow. Uh, I think Dan could be had, you know. I think you know, though, that uh, I, I think you know you're going to get, a, you know, some streaky moments. But, uh, man, those highs are high, though. Ten threes and a half, you know, people just throwing bodies at him, but he's just launching away. Hey, like I said the other day, people would rather a guy go five of 30 than go zero exactly. for zero because exactly. uh, they're afraid to shoot. Yeah. They want a Dan on their team, man. Dan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Anybody else have an answer, no, Skeets? I, I can't beat that. No, maybe no. Trey does. I don't know. No, no. Nah. Okay. Yeah. It's well, too good. I mean, I, uh, yeah, go I'll, I'll just add in here. I obviously lost $100 because I bet that the Brooklyn Nets would make <laughs> right. the finals way back when, uh, when when they made the deal. I thought for sure they're going through. Uh, but I'm also happy that Yanis Tetacumpo beat them uh, because mm. because there's, uh, you know, there's some Yanis hate out there for sure. Uh, and, and also, if he lost uh, to the Brooklyn Nets, I think people would have brought up um, his numbers in the first round. Like, he struggled in the first round against the Miami Heat. He was not himself. Even though they swept, uh, he was only 23 points a game on 45% in the first series. But then, kaboom against the Brooklyn Nets. He was phenomenal. 32 points per game on 57%. So he really, really, really picked it up in round two. Uh, And now he's got a chance to go to the finals uh, for his first time in his career. He can exercise those 2019 demons uh, that he had against the Toronto Raptors. So looking forward to Wednesday night. If it's Suns Bucks, if it's Suns Bucks in the NBA Finals, who will like fans be cheering for more to win a title? Chris Paul or, or Giannis? Trey, like who do you, who do you think? Or will I think it be it's Chris fairly Paul. Split? Yeah? I think it's Chris Paul. I think it would be akin to Dirk Nowitzki in 2011, sure. a guy who has had a long Hall of Fame career who hasn't capped it off with a championship yet, and honestly has kind of been counted out for championships this far into his career because that's what it was like with Dirk too. But then. He was just on fire for all of the 2011 playoffs, led his team to the championship, went and cried immediately afterwards, and 
It's one of the most beloved championships of the past couple of decades for sure. So I do think it would be Chris Paul, but I think people are going to be pretty happy regardless of what yeah. happens. Um, just because there's something completely new happening and a lot of players who have had some kind of crazy narratives throughout their career. Somebody's going to be changing things up legacy-wise for sure in a couple of weeks here. So I think it would be Chris Paul. I mean, he's won me over, and I was no doubt the biggest yeah. Chris Paul hater yeah. on the show. Um, and I'm 100% in on Chris Paul winning a championship at this point. And uh, just to remind everybody, I think I said this yesterday, we'll make our Eastern Conference Finals uh, predictions on tomorrow's show. We've got Game 2 tonight after the draft lottery between the Clippers and Suns, and we made our predictions on yesterday's No Dunks podcast, but we'll actually do a little preview and what to watch for in the series between the Hawks and the Bucks on tomorrow's show at 10 a.m. Eastern live on YouTube. All right, we've got a couple more questions still here on the beach, but one more break to hear from our sponsors. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, back with the No Dunks crew here. We are on the beach reading your questions, and we got another one here. Good day, yes, layups. My question is about the recent Celtics Thunder trade. I think it's quite odd how Al Horford wanted to get out of Boston three years ago to sign with another team. When, if I remember correctly, Boston was interested in re-signing him at the time, it seemed he didn't like it there. Or maybe just some of his teammates, possibly Kyrie. Well, now he's back in Boston. Question, can you think of another time a player has walked away from a team or was traded only to be traded back to that same team? I love you guys and have been a longtime listener since the TBJ days. When I mentioned to my wife I haven't missed an episode in about 10 years, she was less than thrilled with how I chose to spend my time. You guys are like friends, and I wouldn't want to miss any of your jokes or have fun without me. Turn it up. Like you fellas. Cool. That's from Eric in Burlington, Kentucky. Shout out to Eric. Thanks for listening for all these years. we got to convert your wife into a No Dunks fan. We will. Just give us time. But, Lily, a time when a player walked away from a team or was traded, only to be like traded back to that same team. Any come to mind? Well, there's been a few big names, actually, who've sort of ended their career where it started. You know, Iverson 
in Philadelphia, Scotty Pippen in Chicago, Dwayne Wade's probably the most recent example of that ending back in uh, Miami, even getting a farewell tour. But I think the most sort of uh, ironic situation mm-hmm. when that occurred was uh, Stevie Francis. We remember when he got drafted by the Grizzlies. Bad, bad image of him just like head down, really disappointed, mopes his way up on stage, did not want to go to Vancouver, said he didn't want to go, and eventually forced his way uh, uh, with a trade to the Rockets. And you could see why the Grizzlies wanted him. Super talent. You know, he was uh, at his best, a really, really good player. But uh, things didn't quite work out for him there in Houston. Um, You know, he gets traded for Tracy McGrady, goes to Orlando. Stays a couple of years in Orlando, but then he starts the sort of journeyman portion of his career. Goes up to New York. Isaiah Thomas thinks maybe he can get him into New York uh, there and start him alongside Stefan Marbury. That didn't really work out. And then uh, he was, I think he was then traded uh, to somewhere else, but he never played. And then the Rockets decided to give him another chance. He went back to Houston and even that didn't work out. He ends up getting traded to the Memphis Grizzlies. And his career started by saying he didn't want to play for the Grizzlies. And his career ended by the Grizzlies saying, we don't want you to play for us. Uh, and, he, and he got waived. And, uh, you know, that was kind of uh, a sort of, you know, ironic end, really, yeah. to a guy who didn't want to be a part of the Grizzlies. And then the Grizzlies said, we don't want you now. It's too late. That ship has sailed, my man. So disappointing. And he had a few issues along the way. But he, yeah. at his best, though, for those couple of years in Houston, you could see he was a, a super talent. Started in the All-Star game, was in the dunk contest, you know, was a really good player. They had tried to get him and Yao and pair them together. But uh, injuries and a bit of chaos uh, upended him. And then in the end, you know, the two teams, Houston tried to give him a, a sort of relive his career there, couldn't do it. And then the Grizzlies are like, no thanks. Yeah. It's a good answer. Um, he was part of the greatest dunk contest ever, really. That's well, right. As some yep. say, of course, Vince winning and McGrady. And he was putting on a show. His dunks were yep. awesome in that dunk contest. Helps make it uh, more iconic than it even was. Uh, that's a good one. Wow, I forgot he uh, sort, sort of went back to the Grizzlies. Tass, do you have, a, do you have one for this? I have some nice stories, not that okay. like that one. I have some <laughs> pleasant ones. Uh, Alonzo Mourning, he went Charlotte, Miami, New Jersey tried to, to trade him to Toronto for Vince Carter. He said, <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, then he went back to the Heat, and he won a championship. Obviously had a lot of uh, you know, physical problems throughout his career. Uh, he had to have the surgery. Uh, but, yeah, he went back and won a championship. Derek Fisher, similar. Um, he went through some odd times away from the Lakers after he won three titles. He went to Golden State in Utah, uh, which was uh, strange uh, to think that Derek Fisher went there and then he went back to the Lakers and won two more titles. Uh, he was a real Iron Man. He played a lot of games when he played. And Jason Kidd is another one. Um, kind of like Steve Francis, he left Dallas the first time after playing two seasons because he had a bit of a falling out with uh, the coaching staff. And he said, I'm out of here. Even though he made an all-star game there, he, he had a falling out. Uh, Could have been, been good with Jim Jackson. Uh, Jamal Mashburn but anyways he went to Phoenix New Jersey and then 12 years after leaving Dallas he went back and he won a championship there so uh, yeah it was a nice full circle for Jay Kidd in his playing career yeah people are saying uh, hopefully Ben Simmons can do what Jason Kidd did add a add a shot to the repertoire because you know Kidd didn't have one early in his career and they're both great playmakers bigger point guards do do a lot of other great things but can you add a shot can Ben Simmons do it that's why they called him ASIN that's right no J um Trey do you have an answer to this good question well, when Lee said Steve, I thought he was going to take mine. Steve Nash, I think, is a huge mm. one. Drafted by the Suns in 96, but he was buried behind, you guessed it, 
Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd. Right. Crazy Kevin Johnson as well. Uh, so Nash gets traded to the Suns in 1998. Do you remember who he was traded for? From the Suns to the Mavericks, 1998. If you can so, name any of the players or the first round draft pick that they wow. were that they used, was I will Sabellus give you. No, that, not bad. I see green. Nope. No. Wow. These are very 1999 names <laughs> right oh, yeah? here. We're talking Pat so, Garrity, yeah. Martin Yersep. And Bubba Wells, plus the first round draft pick that eventually became yeah, that? Sean Marion. Oh, okay. Mm. Which okay, was wow. a good pick when Steve Nash signed with the Suns as a free agent in 2004 and then won back to back MVPs. That's a pretty good one, you know, because yeah. it's easy to forget about Nash's first stint with the Suns. Basically, the only thing that has existed is that picture of him wearing his son's draft cap and smiling like a madman. Crazy but, tie. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Two seasons there. Then what? I think it was uh, four seasons with the Mavericks. Uh, sorry, six seasons with the Mavericks. And then back to the Suns, where he's one of the greatest players in franchise history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, great answers, guys. Awesome stuff. Stream team coming through with some uh, suggestions as well. Leave them in the YouTube comments uh, after the show, and uh, you know maybe we'll circle back to that. But we got to wrap this up. We got one more cue here, Tess. Yeah, we sure do. Howdy, NDC. On a recent episode of No Dunks, my ears perked up when I heard my dear friend Trey mention he was in the market for a jersey swap. Although I have several jerseys that I would happily swap with the Southern lawyer, I realized a much bigger opportunity was at hand. A couple months ago, after having a mishap with a container of bleach, I was under the impression that I ruined my new purple No Dunks hoodie. A devastating feeling, to say the least. However, after a brief period of mourning, it came to me. (laughs) Tie-dye? The picture you see here on YouTube is the result of my first tie-dye experience. Look at that! That's a beauty! Looks good. That's awesome. Yeah, and he writes, and I think it went pretty dang well. Anyways... It's one more X than the XL tray requested, but if he were to accept this quote-unquote jersey, it would be an absolute honor to see our resident deadhead rocking a tie-dye No Dunks hoodie on an episode of No Dunks or a happy hour. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. That's from Ethan in Newfoundland. P.S. I have so much love for the five of you and Matty O. I've been listening to you since I was in high school, university, and now I'm a a few years into the workforce, and I'm so glad to still have you guys by my side slash ears never changed. Thank you so much for listening, Ethan. So, Trey, what do you think? Well, I love the reverse tie-dye look. You sent this in a Slack yesterday, Tass. I didn't know it was going to be somebody was going to be hopping on the trade machine trying to offer me some <laughs> picks here. Um, and even then I said, nice action. That's a huge compliment in my lingo. And that looks so good. I love a bleached out tie-dye. And I love that on, a, on an episode of Beach Step and where we're talking about a lot of trades from Ben Simmons to, you know, Steve Nash and Jason Kidd, we got a chance for a trade here. So, yes, I'm 100% in and okay. I've got two options here. First of all, okay. maybe you want to replace your purple No Dunk sweatshirt. This wow. is my No Dunk sweatshirt. It is an XL I'll say it fits more like a large and a half than a true XL. So I don't know if that is going to matter with regards to the swap. But this is an option. We can go purple for purple. I'll take the tie-dye. You take the standard. I like how the uh, sizes of the garments are like protected picks. Yeah, uh, that's in, exactly in, in right. That's exactly right. <laughs> Forget about cap space. We're talking about shirt size here. you got to have right. some shirt size. But this is my, this is my better offer. Okay. Uh, similarly, had a mishap with regards to what's on the sweatshirt. So allow me to offer this Atlanta Hawks. 
Oh. Paint covered sweatshirt. The great thing about this, JD, you can throw this picture up. It comes with a certificate of authenticity. <laughs> Here is when I got this sweatshirt covered in paint working at an event for Habitat for Humanity. I was getting a little too wild uh, with the paint roller. So now this shirt covered in white paint, but as you can see, uh, back in 2018, earned the distressing and now that distressing can be yours. January 2018 mm. is when this sweatshirt got destroyed. The Hawks are balling right now. Now would be a great time to pick up um, a Hawks sweatshirt. Plus you're getting the very cool uh, paint covered look. You can be you can be the Picasso of wherever you're yeah. living at right here. So those are my two options. Uh, feel free to let me know if you want to continue negotiating here, yeah. but I'll go purple or I'll go painty. Can't wait to get that tie dye. All right. Yeah, you'll have to uh, get in touch with Ethan here, um, and and hopefully we can see something happen. Uh, maybe we'll have him live on the show. We can get some mm. virtual handshakes and uh, make it official at some point. Oh. That'd be in right. We gotta get a photo. Yeah, yeah like, definitely gotta hold them next to each <laughs> yeah. other. All right. Hopefully it happens. Ethan, uh, reach back out. Uh, Trey has made his offers there. A couple on the <laughs> table. Just pick up the phone, man. All right. Let's call it there. Fun Beach Stepping Podcast. If you enjoyed the crazy Ben Simmons hypothetical trades, let us know. Maybe we'll do more as the week goes on. Final reminder to join your boys tonight around 8 p.m. Eastern. That's 6 p.m. Mountain Time. And that's bourbon time, people. For the No Dunks Happy Hour Draft Lottery Watch party presented by Jim Beam. Yes, we're going to be hanging out, shooting the shit while we watch the draft lottery where we will find probably the Raptors and Bulls go 1-2. Maybe not in that order. Might go Bulls-Raptors. We shall we'll see. Be happy. Yeah, we'll be happy if either of those teams uh, somehow find their way in the top four there. So come join us tonight. Again, 8 p.m. Eastern, live on YouTube. Subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube so you know when we're firing that bad boy up. Keep your emails coming for the next Beach Step and Podcast. In fact, we might need some questions all week long now that there are now that there is only one game on a night. So email your questions, your, your NBA and your non-NBA questions to nodunksattheathletic.com. Subscribe to The Athletic if you don't have that. Go to theathletic.com slash nodunks to get an athletic subscription. Amazing stuff from all of our reporters. And finally, No Dunks gear available at nodunks.com. None of it has paint on it yet, but... You can make that happen, or you can tie-dye them like some of you have in the No Dunks Discord. Go to nodunks.com to get your No Dunks gear. Boys, I will see you guys later tonight for our happy hour watch party. Till then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, and remember, we were just talking about mountain time, eastern time. I always forget east coast of Canada is on Atlantic time. Mm. Ethan Newfoundland right now is listening at uh, 12 22 p.m it's an hour later <laughs> wild isn't there like some crazy part out there that's like a half hour different though too yeah th that that happens at times too yeah. i think yeah, yeah that's really weird yeah uh, time man <laughs> time is so time, weird man yeah y'all hear about time embrace your time people you could stay